Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your chief security fanatic here. Obviously still under the weather, but it is Sunday, so we are going to do breaches of the week. And obviously we've got two weeks to catch up on because I was traveling literally on the other side of the planet, uh, you know, the week before and all of that. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about data breaches because this week in data breaches was absolutely insane. Now, first things first, I want to thank, as always, the people that sent me. And uh, once again, please forgive my voice. And that would be, uh, the people that sent me a lot of this would be Chris Fowlon, Jacqueline Wolf, Steve Milligan, and Phil Bruchivo, or Bruchivo. Thank you very much. Please keep sending these tips my way, and I'll keep giving you shout-outs here. Now, with that, let's start right out of the gate with Move It and, and an update on that, because some big names are now starting to declare, and we've seen big names declare in the past. It just keeps on going. This week was Sony. Yes, Sony, the massive corporation. Their game division this week notified about 68 100 current and former employees as well as affected family members that their personal info may have been exposed as a result of this data breach. On top of it, we have Aridus Health LLC, which impacted patients of North Star Anesthesia. Uh, we also had another National Student Clearinghouse update because they got a whole bunch of colleges and institutions hit, and so Michigan State University has now declared as well, as well as University Federal Credit Union for 100,000 of their members as well. So if you use any of those or have anything to do with any of those, you might want to check in. <clears throat> Moving on, let's head on over to Europe and talk about Spanish airline Air Europa. They suffered a cyber attack on their online payment system that basically left some of their customers' credit details, uh, credit card details exposed. And this is according to them this past Tuesday. Now, the airline emailed customers whose credit card details were affected and notified financial or relevant financial institutions. It did not specify the number of customers affected, uh, and they did not estimate the impact of this cyber attack attack just yet but given all the gdpr rules we'll know a lot more sooner than later but heads up if you're a patron of air europa out of spain moving on let's head on over to alaska and talk about ortho alaska because they recently notified the office of civil rights uh, basically about a data breach that was affecting 176,203 patients so like what 80 percent of alaska uses ortho alaska so at present little is known about the data breach or other uh other other than it being essentially a hacking incident in which patient information uh was exposed or stolen there's currently no mention of the data breach on the ortho Alaska website. And for the record, I do have affiliates in Alaska, so heads up to you. Joking aside, if you're using Ortho Alaska, please make sure that you are checking in. Um, and obviously, that's a that's a huge thing. Now, this data uh, exposure could be linked to the breach that they had back in October of 2022, for the record, that exposed information on former employees. And that incident, which was determined on March 3rd of this year, uh, that the employee data was uh, essentially, essentially hit. So again, if you're in Alaska, and I have affiliates it's in Alaska, please make sure you're checking in with Ortho Alaska. Now, <clears throat> I want to give you a quick update on the massive Caesars Entertainment breach from a few weeks back in Las Vegas. They confirmed that it was a social engineering attack beginning in mid-August that led to the theft, uh, basically, of data from members of its customer rewards program, according to their filing with the main attorney general. Now, the social engineering attack on an outsourced IT support vendor resulted in unauthorized access on August 18th and led to the breach on the 23rd. 
according to uh, the company, which was discovered eventually on September 7th. And obviously, if you're hitting the IT or companies that are supporting you, that's a huge thing because they oftentimes have very deep access in order to properly support you. And a lot of times, I've seen it, IT companies do not take proper internal security measures as they are securing you. So hopefully that's not the case here. We'll see what happens. But that is what Caesars is claiming. So heads up, all you gamers uh, that, that patronize uh, uh, Caesars Entertainment anything. Moving on, uh, let's start with our mini segment. Let's do our mini segment basically of if you just spend a little bit of money, you wouldn't be getting sued. And we have to start with 23andMe. Now, if basically you recall uh, when I came back and did a previous Breaches of the Week uh, you know, video slash podcast slash segment, et cetera, et cetera. I focus very heavily on 23andMe just because I was under the weather. It was, that was ramping up. I'm obviously still under the weather here. But two victims of the recent 23andMe data breach have now filed a class action lawsuit. We knew this was coming. And so that suit, which was filed in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California, alleges negligence, invas- invasion of privacy, unjust enrichment, and breach of implied contract. And I quote, The complaint, as a result of the data breach, plaintiffs and class members suffered injury and ascertainable losses in the form of the present and imminent threat of fraud and identity theft, loss of benefit uh, of their bargain, out-of-pocket expenses, loss of value of their time reasonably incurred to remedy or mitigate the effects of the attack, and the loss of and diminution in value of their personally identifiable information, end quote. That is a word salad but we all get the gist. Now, that is according to the lawsuit that was filed October 9th by Monica Santana of Florida and Paula Kleinbird of New York, again, in the Northern District in California. Now, the plaintiff said the victims of the breach face, quote, present and imminent threat of fraud and identity theft, end quote. And recent reports have said that an anonymous attacker has put the information of millions of customers of 23andMe for sale. And this information includes email addresses, photo, gender, date, uh, date of birth, and DNA ancestry information, uh, but not the actual genomic information uh, directly from what we understand so far. So if you use 23andMe, heads up to you. Obviously not a good situation. Moving on, Emerita is now facing a class action lawsuit over a recent cyber attack against its parent company, Farmerica. Farmerica is something I've mentioned multiple times in this mini-segment in multiple breaches because their divisions keep reporting, and here's another one. On September 5 of this year, suspicious activity was detected within the computer networks of Farmerica and Emerita. Now, I'm guessing that they are sharing infrastructure and resources, which is why so many Farmerica entities have been pulled into this. Now, forensic investigation confirmed that an unauthorized third party gained access between March 12th and 13th of this year and potentially access sensitive data of 5.8 million individuals. Farmerica reported that breach on behalf of itself and also Farmerica's parent company. So it, it just keeps on growing, Bright Spring Health Services. So heads up to you. If you use Emerita for all your health needs, you may be eventually entitled to compensation. <laughs> Moving on, <clears throat> let's talk about Bienville orthopedic specialists. Multiple lawsuits have been filed against them over a data breach uh, where at least, and at least one of those suits claims to affect that this has affected more than 240,000 individuals. Now, the medical group, which serves plaintiffs across the Gulf Coast uh, and here in the United States, has 17 doctors and discovered, quote, massive and preventable cyber attack around uh, March 5th, according to the lawsuit, but they did not begin notifying people until September 1st. Now, the potential victims, according to the lawsuit, quote, 
quote, were unaware that their sensitive private information had been compromised and that they were and continue to be a significant risk of identity theft and various forms of personal, social, and financial harm, end quote. And yes, I, I as I am counseling through uh, basically cyber incidents like this for various organizations, one of the goals is to be as transparent as possible, even if you can't give a total count of what happened, just letting people know, hey, more information will be coming as you, you are as transparent and forthright, because once these things come out, it basically blows trust. The only way to try and maintain trust through this is communication, open and honest communication, uh, which is why I've had serious problems with Uber and LastPass and a whole bunch of others when they're not being forthcoming and just my experience gives me a pretty good gut when I when when, when these things happen and that's exactly what happened <clears throat> with LastPass. I knew it last year in August that it was going to get worse and sure enough it did because you can just sense these things just given at least how many times I've been through this because that's our number one call. Oh my God, help, I've never worked with you, but the world is burning down. Now with that, I move on to Molecular Pathology Laboratory Network because they're getting sued too. A patient at that, basically, at Pathology Laboratory who suffered uh, basically a data breach is now pursuing his negligence claim against them, but his other claims were actually dismissed in court. Now, Tree Tai said that the company was subject to a, quote, massive and preventable cyber attack, end quote, that it discovered on December December 17th of 2021, almost two years ago. He also said that the lab's computer network was inadequately protected and its patient health and personal data were taken. He also said that although the lab knew the information was impacted, uh, basically in this breach on July 6th of 2022, he wasn't informed until August 4th, less than a month. Uh, that's kind of iffy. We'll see where that goes, but heads up to you, Molecular Pathology Laboratory Network. They're still in court, so you may still be getting money sooner than later here. Moving on, let's talk about Oklahoma City University. They defeated a proposed class action alleging they failed to protect uh, the 27, uh, basically personal information of more than 27,000 students and employees that was exposed in a July 2022 data breach. Now, apparently the plaintiffs didn't have standing to sue in federal court because they failed to show that they suffered concrete injury as a result of the breach. Judge Timothy D. Uh, D D. D. Guzzi, Guzzi. I apologize, Judge, if you're listening to this, probably not, but you never know. Um, basically, Judge Timothy, let's just put it that way, of the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Oklahoma mentioned that uh, in court this past Wednesday that they failed to show that they had suffered concrete injuries. Uh, now, Maria Ruskiewicz uh, alleged that the uh, university failed to implement adequate data security measures or comply with data security guidelines uh, based on the FTC's uh, guidelines. So here we are. Heads up, Oklahoma City University people. Looks like uh, you're not going to win in court. Moving on. <clears throat> Let's talk about Smile Brands. I've mentioned them before in this segment as well because Smile Brands agreed finally to a class action lawsuit settlement to resolve claims that it failed to prevent a 2021 data breach. Now, the settlement benefits individuals who received a written notice from Smile Brands or Smile Affiliated Dental Practice informing them of the 2021 data breach. Under the terms of this settlement, uh, class members can receive up to $5,000 for documented unreimbursed losses related to the breach. Claimants can also receive up to $125 for five hours of documented lost time compensated at $25 an hour. In addition, class members can receive a pro rata share of the net settlement fund after all uh, other benefits have been paid into the settlement. According to the settlement website, these payments could range from $50 to $15, excuse me, to $150, depending on the number of participating class members. The deadline for exclusion and objection is August 17th. So as basically I'm sitting here talking to you, you got like a day or two 
good luck. And that is the mini segment. Any of those companies would not be on the chopping block, not have lost trust, and not have spent way more than they should have if they had just spent a little bit and defended themselves properly. <laughs> Moving on, back to regular breaches. Let's talk about Encore Pharmacy, because on September 15th of this year, uh, Encore Pharmacy, formerly known as Founder Project RX, um, and therefore that as the Recept Group, they're also known as Encore or Founders in this data breach, have filed a notice of breach with Massachusetts after confirming an unauthorized access to one of their business email accounts. Now, according to this notice, um, they explain that the incident resulted in unauthorized party gaining access to sensitive information, including names, contact info, insurance information, prescription, other medical information, dates of birth, driver's license numbers, and social security numbers. They've sent out letters to those affected which are roughly 30,000. So heads up to you if you use Founders or Encore Pharmacy. Moving on, let's talk about Frax Outsourcing. They are a subsidiary of The Key LLC, and they filed a notice with California after determining that they were a recent victim of a cyber attack. Now, in this notice, Frax explained that basically an unauthorized party gained access to sensitive information, which includes names, social security, medical info, addresses, driver's license numbers, and financial account information. They have sent out letters as well. Moving on, <clears throat> let's head on over to Europe and, uh, and talk about the European Telecommunications Standards Institute, or ETSI. I believe they are based out of France. Now, last week, uh, yeah, the France-based standardization body, there you go. I'm not even reading my own notes. Again, I am just under the weather this week. Uh, the France-based standardization body announced uh, that attackers had breached, quote, the IT systems dedicated to its members' work, and quote, stealing the list of online members. Now, ETSI says it's been working with the French ANSSI, which is the National Security Security Agency of France to investigate the incident and that the vulnerability has been fixed uh, that and they did basically determined how they got in so heads up to you if you do any work with the ETSI moving on let's talk about community first medical center here in Chicago they suffered a massive data breach on July 12th and notified patients on September 26th via letter their website also was updated as well. Now, the security incident included unauthorized access to full names, telephone numbers, email addresses, social security numbers, medical record numbers, and Medicare numbers by a third party, according to the hospital. And we are talking about 216,047 patients, according to uh, publications. So, heads up to you if you use Community First Medical Center in Chicago, specifically Portage Park, for all your needs. They're off of Addison. Moving on, let's talk about German hotel firm Motel One Group. Now, they they reported that they suffered a minor data breach, and in a statement, the company said, quote, currently unknown perpetrators infiltrated the hotel operator's internal systems and most likely tried to carry out a so-called ransomware attack, end quote. Apparently, they were unsuccessful. Now, the company added that damage was kept to a minimum, quote, the business operation was never at risk, and quick, immediate measures included commissioning a certified IT security service provider and working with investigative uh, and data protection authorities, end quote. Motel One also said that their analysis of the attack revealed that address data from customers was accessed, including 150 credit card details, end quote. <laughs> so hopefully, if you stayed at Motel One, you're not one of those 150 that apparently were impacted, but heads up to you. Moving on, <clears throat> let's talk about H&R Block, specifically Emerald cards. These are credit cards that were issued by essentially their outsourced provider for that password NA because on September 23rd, 27th, excuse me, <clears throat> of this year, 
a notice appeared with uh, basically the Attorney General of Maine talking about uh, basically these cards issued by Pathword. Now, this notice explained that the incident resulted in an unauthorized party being able to access uh, consumers' uh, sensitive information, including names, social security, dates of birth, driver's license numbers, email addresses, phone numbers, and credit card information. Breach notices were sent out as well. So if you basically use H&R Block for your tax and accounting needs and have one of their Emerald cards, heads up to you. You know if you're applying or getting a credit card, they've got all your sensitive information because they're checking your credit through the Equifax TransUnion and experience of this world. Never a good thing. Moving on, let's talk about Builders Mutual Insurance Company. Interestingly enough, they are a underwriter for commercial construction projects based out of North Carolina. Now, they are the target of an attack that affected the personal information of 64,761 of their customers as well as current employees and former workers, according to a filing with Maine's Attorney General. Now, the insurer noticed suspicious activity on December 14th of last year and contracted third parties to investigate. On December 15th, investigators discovered that certain files were copied and worked to determine whether they contained sensitive information, potentially compromised data, may have included names, social security numbers, medical information, health insurance information, and workers' compensation data. So if you're in construction, and I've got a lot of followers that are in construction, if you're using building mutual Builders Mutual uh, basically to insure your job sites, you definitely want to check in, whether you're GC, MEP, whatever you're doing. Moving on, it is AEC in general. Now, with that, let's head on over to Texas and talk about West Texas Gas, because on October 9th, uh, basically of this year, they filed a notice with the Attorney General of Maine after discovering an unauthorized uh basically person on their network that had copied certain files and deleted others. In the notice, uh, West Ga- West Texas Gas explained the incident and an unauthorized party being able to access sensitive information, which may include names, social security numbers, and other personal information. Upon completing their investigation, they sent out letters to those impacted as well. Odds are it's mostly going to be employees. So heads up, West, West Texas Gas, anything. Moving on, let's talk about Great Expressions Dental Centers. On October 3rd, they filed a notice with Montana after discovering that an unauthorized party was able to access the company's computer system. Now, in this notice, GEDC explains that the incident resulted in an unauthorized party being able to access consumer-sensitive information, which includes their names, dates of birth, contact information, mailing addresses, and diagnosis, and treatment information as well. Upon completion of its investigation, GEDC began sending out data breach notification letters to all individuals, uh, basically, who were impacted as well. Moving on, let's talk about Walmart. Yes, the massive corporation here, Walmart. On October 4th, they filed a notice of data breach with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services after discovering that an unauthorized party had gained access basically that had been entrusted to their company. While Walmart recently filed notice does not explain what specific data types were compromised, it's likely that the incident affected at least protected health information given that they filed with HHS. It's the only reason why you would do that. Now, upon completing their investigation, they sent out letters. So heads up to you if you're a Walmart, I'm going to assume employee or contractor or getting some type of health anything from Walmart. You may be caught up in this. That's all we know right now. And obviously Walmart being one of the largest largest uh, employers as well as I think the largest retailer in the United States. That's a huge thing. Moving on, let's head on over to Europe and talk about the London-based Leica Mobile. Now, they announced uh, basically that unauthorized individuals gain access to customer personal data by breaching their systems. A cyber attack, which occurred last week, disrupted services for millions of Leica Mobile customers, except for those 
in the United States, Australia, Ukraine, and Tunisia. So it looks like it was just in the UK. Now, in uh, basically an update that they released on Friday, October 6th, Leica disclosed that they initially detected a breach on uh, September 30th and promptly implemented measures to contain the situation, etc., etc. Now, specific types of data were stolen, uh, and that specifically was not specified, but Leica Mobile does collect consumer or customer information like names, dates of birth, addresses, copy of identity documents such as passport or identity cards, customer service interactions, and at least partial payment information like the last four digits of a credit card. And so there you go. The company also, for the record, indicated that customer passwords may have been compromised as well. So if you're a um, like a mobile subscriber, definitely check in, definitely change your password. <clears throat> Moving on. Let's talk about Edmonds School District because on October 6th, they filed a notice with Maine saying that they basically had uh, an intrusion for about two weeks. Now, this notice, uh, Edmonds School explained that the incident resulted in an unauthorized party being able to access consumer-sensitive information, which included names, social security numbers, addresses, financial account information, employee identification numbers, student numbers, dates of birth, and student records. According to them, they've also sent out notices to those impacted. So heads up, Edmonds School District. Moving on, let's talk about Third Millennium Classrooms. This is a company that administers online courses to colleges and universities across the United States. They were subject to a recent security breach per an email sent by the Office of Student Affairs this past Wednesday. Now, the Office of Student Affairs maintained that no university information were harmed in the breach. However, the names and university emails of some students were disclosed as a result of this. Third Millennium provides um, the online school and drug awareness models to universities. They, they basically, uh, these modules are required and completed annually by university students, and they have 24,000 accounts under their control. So we do not know the scope, but heads up to you. If your university uses Third Millennium Classrooms to administer apparently drug awareness modules to your school. Moving on. Let's go back to Texas and talk about the Greater Dallas Healthcare Enterprises. On October 2nd, they filed with Texas after discovering that an unauthorized party had gained access to an employee's email account. Um, now, they explained that the incident um, basically may have included names, dates of birth, addresses, medical information, billing information, and claims information. Upon completing their investigation, uh, they began sending out data breach notification letters as well. Moving on, let's talk about the Kansas uh, court system because the Kansas Supreme Court issued an order the other day declaring all clerk offices inaccessible for electronic filings through Sunday, October 15th. Now, this order came after the court's network experienced interruptions, uh, essentially, um, this past Thursday. Now, the court remains open according to the news release issued by the Kansas Judicial Branch on Thursday. Now, the courts will continue to accept paper filings and uh, fax filings by declaring the courts inaccessible for e-filing purposes, though. Certain filing deadlines may be extended under applicable rules and statutes. In other words, if you are trying to e-file and pay a fine or whatever it is, and they're down, that's not on you if you're trying to make restitution at a proper time. So heads up to you. If you're in Kansas, you may want to check in with whatever local court system you've got. Odds are they're all interconnected. Moving on, <clears throat> let's talk about PayPal. 
Yes, the massive PayPal, they are sending out data breach notifications to thousands of users who had their accounts accessed through credential stuffing attacks that exposed some personal data. Now, the credential stuffing attack occurred between December 6th through the 8th of last year. The company detected and mitigated it at the time, but also started an internal investigation to find out how the attackers gained access to these accounts. By December 20th, they concluded that investigation, uh, confirming that unauthorized third parties had logged into legitimate accounts with valid credentials that were not theirs. Close to 35,000 users were impacted by this. So heads up to you, go change your PayPal account password. Moving on, let's talk about uh, basically uh, an update to Uber's 2016 data breach. And this is going to be one of our finalies for this week. And again, I'm sorry, I'm just under the weather here. So this is this is a rough one. Uh, now, former uh, Uber CISO or Chief Information Security Officer Joseph Sullivan's conviction earlier this year on charges related to a 2016 data breach at the company should not be allowed to stand because it threatens the use of bug bounty programs among enterprise organizations. And that's according to his lawyers appealing this past week. Now, a brief filed on Tuesday with the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit, Sullivan's legal team described him as the victim of a quote-unquote profoundly flawed verdict that was based on uh, tenuous theories about his responsibilities as a security chief at Uber. Quote, Joe Sullivan used tools and strategies that all CISOs utilize to protect the data of hundreds of thousands of Uber drivers and was prosecuted for doing his job. That's according to one of his lawyers. I continue, if the verdict is allowed to stand... It's a precedent that threatens to take away a valuable tool that has helped security teams all across industries better protect their systems and put Americans at much greater risk of being harmed. Now, a federal jury last October found Solomon guilty of obstructing justice uh, and basically and the, the misprision of a felony um, or basically working to conceal it. Uh, in uh, basically connection with a 2016 data breach that Uber uh, basically had exposed uh, data of more than 50 million customers and 600,000 drivers. Now, the breach happened in the middle of an investigation by the Federal Trade Commission of an earlier 2014 security incident involving the compromise of personal information belonging to 50,000 individuals. Prosecutors charged Sullivan, who Uber hired as a CISO after the 2014 breach, uh, with withholding information about the 2016 incident from the FTC, even if it's invest, even as its investigators were scrutinizing the company data, uh, data security and privacy practices, the government argued that Sullivan should have informed the FTC of the incident, but instead went out of his way to conceal it from him. And yes, that is a, basically what happened. There have been bombshell reports by ProPublica and others of just how they had uh, Uber had structured these things so that if regulators were coming in, they were able to quickly wipe local servers so that it would be moved, especially around the globe. Um, essentially, they paid off the attacker by all reports to keep it quiet. And so now they're trying to say, well, it's a bug bounty program. And if it's a legitimate bug bounty program, it's going to go through a platform like HackerOne, um, or the person's going to say, hey, like I found all of this information, I'd like a bug bounty for it. But they're never threatening to release that kind of information because, again, what you know, the whole point of a bug bounty program is to convert you know, well, one, to pay regular researchers and all of to find these things. But if you've got criminals out there that are finding vulnerabilities in these large platforms, these companies will pay a ton of money to essentially these attackers or these, these criminals to make sure that they're not spreading those vulnerabilities out or selling the vulnerability to other groups. And now you've got multiple groups buying this vulnerability and attacking Uber and all of that. That particular methodology 
from what I understand, simply was not in place. And while Uber may have had a bug bounty situation here, um, they, this wasn't handled as such. And so to me, I think that's that's an argument that if it basically holds up, can potentially put bug bounty programs in a negative light <clears throat> or force more compliance requirements around them so that these mistakes don't happen again. So we're going to see what happens there, but obviously that's not good. And finally, finally, we have to talk about uh, essentially the annual data breach record because the United States just broke it and we have three months left to go in the year. Now, there was 2,116 reported U.S. data breaches and leaks in the first nine months of 2023. That, for the record, is statistically vastly, vastly low because more organizations than not simply do not do not disclose these things. But that made it the worst year on record with a whole quarter left to go, according to the Identity Theft Resource Center, or ITRC, which tracks these things. Now, the nonprofit, and as I mentioned, they track publicly reported breaches, said that there were 733 data compromises in Q3 of 2023 alone as we enter Q4 now. And that's a 22% decline from the previous quarter. However, despite the relative slump, this was enough to drag the total uh, basically from the previous all-time high for the for an entire year, which was set in 2021 at 1,862 reported breaches, and we're over 2,100 now. <laughs> On a positive note, though, the ITRC also counted an estimated 243 million victims from these breaches, which is shorter than the 425 million individuals that were impacted totally last year. So hopefully that number stays up. Now, cyber attacks remain the most common cause of breaches in Q3, with phishing attacks being the most popular vector followed by zero-day exploits, ransomware, and malware. Zero-day attacks in particular on the rise, climbing 1,620% in the first three quarters of 2023 versus the whole of 2022, according to the ITRC. Now, supply chain attacks also remained a major threat in Q3, with 1,321 organizations reporting breaches due to attack um, on 87 third parties, many of which basically were in caught up in the MoveIt software uh, debacle that was basically blown up by Klopp ransomware gang. Uh, basically, the ITRC claimed that the four that four of the top ten biggest companies in Q3 were actually caused by Move It. That's how big this is. And if you're a regular listener or follower of any which way, shape, or form to my Breaches of the Week segments, you know every week there's more disclosures on Move It. And every week I have a Move It segment. That's how big this is. It's bigger than BlackBot. It's bigger than other massive supply chain hits that we've seen, uh, with the possible exception of that American um, American Medical Billing Association or whatever it was a couple of years ago, because there was a bazillion HIPAA breaches as a result of them. So we're going to see where this goes, but those are your breaches of the week. Were you affected? Let me know. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at NickAESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online. Please attempt to stay private. And thank you for putting up with my voice and all of that because it's uh, it's been a rough week. So there you go. Take care, all.